Hello, this is Brad Schwartz, Professor and Chairman of Southern Illinois University School of Medicine. On behalf of Richard Wolf Medical, the Endourological Society, and the Journal of Endourology, I would like to welcome you to the latest release in our podcast series. Each month, we will be presenting a current events topic of interest to our listeners. Hello and welcome to another podcast on behalf of Richard Wolf Medical, the Endourological Society and the Journal of Endourology. I would like to welcome you to the 2021 podcast series. Today, I'm happy to be discussing PCNLs with Dr. Mahesh Desai, who is a professor and urologist at the MPUH Hospital Nadiad in Gujarat, India. But I think more importantly, and as most people know, Dr. Desai is really one of the world leaders in surgical stone disease and most notably PCNLs, uh, percutaneous stone surgery. And if you look at literature and follow this field at all, I think we all know that Dr. Desai has really performed almost any type of perk known to man, and he's certainly perfected uh, this procedure and performed, I think, well over anywhere from 15 to 17,000 perks on his way to 20,000. So Dr. Desai, with that, I welcome you and I thank you for your time. And I'm really looking forward to uh, this discussion of, of how we might be able to sort out the multiple types and techniques of PCNLs that we have available to us today. So welcome. Thank you, Dr. Bradley. And um, uh, I appreciate the invitation and um, I look forward to the discussion on the, the stone management, especially PCNL. So you started doing these back in the mid-1980s. I, I want to just get your feeling for, just to start off and lay a, lay a foundation. How has your opinion changed of what we define as stone-free? In other words, how, if we're going to talk to a patient and discuss with them certain treatment options, uh, what is your definition of stone-free and how do we let patients know they are stone-free after a procedure? Well, stone-free um, means no residual stone left after the treatment. Because we found in uh, the last 40 years, we've been uh, utilizing this um, uh, on the modality of the stone treatment, that even if you leave a small stone, um, chances the stone will regrow, and chances that you may need uh, another procedure and, uh, uh, and therefore, uh, not only you need to completely clear the stone, but you also, I learned that you also have to uh, take care of prevention. So my uh, uh, focus at the moment is it should be 100%. And 100%, maybe I will give three months time because sometimes you have some gravel, but 100, I mean, the, it should be stone free on a CT scan, not a plain cubic CT scan. I, I appreciate that. I'm glad you say that because I think that's a really important, uh, um, if, if we're gonna talk about stone free in the literature and discuss stone free uh, amongst ourselves, I think we need to have a common definition and I would uh, I would support that definition. I'm, I'm glad that that's uh, on your forefront. So to that end, if you're trying to make patients completely stone free, let's talk about, uh, if you could, discuss all of the different types of perks and, and why we have them and, and what might their utility be. We have a, 
mini perk. We have an ultra mini perk. We have a super mini perk. We have a, a standard perk. I mean, we have so many different perks that I think really describe the sizes of the instrumentation that we are utilizing. But what really is the difference between a 14 and a 16, uh, a seven French and a 12 French? What is the difference between these? And maybe just elaborate on, on what your opinion is on where we should put these in our armamentarium. So it is a very good question. So when you diagnose a stone, you get the collecting system. Now the ideal puncture is a straight line from the skin to the cup of the pelvis, And then you go towards the pelvis. Now the calyx size and the infundibular size is very important. Now if you use a large scope, which we were using before, and very often we dilate and you put them plus, but afterward when you withdraw, you see there is a tear in the infundibulum. And around the infundibulum, there are blood vessels and uh, you get a bleed. So we used to put a tube and come out. So what happened with the PCNL, there's a certain amount of complication. Like once you tear, there is a bleeding. Second thing, there is a leak. There is an extravasation. And that extravasation leads to infection. And then you need to have a tube. And sometimes that prolongs the thing. So around um, 1997, people thought, do we need a large uh, uh, size? But because previously the ultrasound uh, was the only energy where you break the stone. And then came the lithoplast, which was a small probe, and came the laser. And uh, the laser, of course, was a the low power laser. And the, I think the, the laser allowed us to make the instrument smaller. But what was the need to change was the, was the complication associated with the standard PCN to reduce the complication. Um, the, the, now, fact was, I asked Arthur Smith, uh, why did you choose 34 French as a maximum uh, uh, sheet uh, or you to dilate it? Of course, there was 34, there was a 28, there was a 22. He says, you know, he says in the initial stage, we, we developed a 54 French because you can pick up one centimeter stone and take it out. But then realize that it is too big. So we reduced the size to 30. But then we did a prospect to randomize study. And we found that if you do reduce the size to 22 compared to that, all the energy, you can break all the stone and you can reduce the complication by so the, the, the fact that do we need, we didn't know till we used it, what size of the nephroscope we need. And then because the complication of perforation, bleeding, leak and things were there, to reduce, we reduced the size. First time I, I used a 16 French M plus shape and 12 French Wolf uh, nephroscope. Wolf nephroscope was uh, integrated where you can have a telescope and the, uh, the working channel was inside. So we use a 16 French and then the 14 French uh, nephroscope and we could use the lithoplast um, uh, or a lithoplast uh, uh, master uh, with a suction and we can break the stone. And the, we found prospectively 
the bleeding was much less. But then, after 2000, um, the Negle, he designed the Minipur um, with stores. And then, um, then the, all the instrument becomes small. Then, first was the uh, 21 French, then came the 18 French, then came the 15 French, then you have, then came the 10 to 12 French and 7, 7 and a half French. As a matter of fact, in 2013, I developed a micro perk. A micro perk was a 16 gauge needle with a 0.9 French telescope and a laser, a hundred microns or 200 micron laser fiber. But that was, I used it for a residual stone. A stone left after the years of year, you can just puncture and break the stone into a dust. Um, so, or in children, uh, we, we used it. And there was a little um, um, side effect in the sense that uh, it could increase the pressure, intraocular pressure, and you can have uh, a complication because of the intraocular pressure. So, all the other mini perk which were developed were with a drainage system. So, you know, the, it try to reduce the intraocular pressure. So, from uh, uh, the standard mini perk, then According to the size, what has happened since uh, last 40 years and because of awareness of the, the minimal invasive surgery or a miniper or um, a PCNL or a ESWL, um, lots of patients came forward earlier. And initially used to see lots of stegon calculus. Now that number is gone. At the moment in our place, which is uh, endemic for the stone, the stone, average stone size is less than three centimeters. 80% of the stone are less than 3 cm. 48% of the stone are less than 2 cm. For that, you don't need a large size. You can use a small size and you can break the, break the stone. Only 14% required a, a stegon calculus or a large size. And um, so that you can use. Or if you have a dilated, grossly dilated system, you can very easily use a standard PCNL. So what important is the size of the stone, the dilatation of the collecting system, and uh, so that that too would decide in my book uh, which uh, uh, size of the CML sheet you should use it. It always struck me that the smaller we went, the more difficult it was to actually remove the fragments. So I've always felt, just, just as we've learned from flexible ureteroscopy, we can get to almost any stone and we can apply energy to any stone. But with all of the dusters in the world who exist, how do the people who really enjoy percutaneous surgery prove that it's a superior modality by removing the fragments and assuring that going through the flank and a more invasive surgery, I put in quotes, is gonna be better for them? This is a very important uh, observation, and uh, been working on it because uh, uh, in a flexible ureteroscope uh, with a laser you can fragment it, and then to have a more clear clearance after the surgery, we were using a basket. Now, initially we had a low power laser, ten watts, twenty watts, thirty watts, and, and for the last three four years we have a high power. We have Moses from Luminous and the Thurium 
laser, which has got a more power, 120 watts, 100 watts, and then it has a frequency variation. And what we can do with this laser, you can, you can not only fragment, you, you fragment the stone into a dust. And for last two years, uh, we, we have been um, uh, doing the study um, where we, uh, we use a different types of uh, energy and the frequency combination and use a mini perk, but a mini perk with suction. Now here, there are, like, there's a clear part is a one plastic nephroscope sheet, which comes in a 15 French and 18 French and has got a nozzle. And then when you pass a telescope, you have a high irrigation. We use a pump and, and then you have a high uh, I mean, suction. So you not only you, you have a better reason, but at the same time you suck out. And this laser um, uh, fragment the stone into a dust. And we see nearly 50% of the stone is in dust. And then about 30% stone is between one and three millimeter, which still can come out. So if you use an 18 French uh, sheet, and if you use a, a 12 French telescope, um, you have about uh, a, you know, a six French gap. In that, the dust will come out and the stone of uh, and uh, say less than two millimeter fragment will suck up. If there is a large fragment, it gets, because of the suction, um, it is sucked out where you withdraw the telescope till there's a nozzle where it sucks out. The super perk or Cleopatra, there are two, three um, varieties which I have used it and all of them has a advantage. One advantage is sucks out the stone. Second advantage is uh, the, because of the good irrigation, the vision is very clear. So you can use the fragment to do it. And third advantage, which I feel I realize after using it, the intra-renal pressure is much less. So there is no intravasation. So post-operative pain is less. And if you can clear the stone completely, um, you can have a tubeless procedure. Hospital stay is less. But we confirm this by doing a CT scan at the 24 hours. And we found that in this uh, study, nearly 82% had a complete stone clearance. And then those people who had a little fragment left in different galaxies, we checked with nearly 98 to 99% stone clearance within one month's time. So I think the combination of miniper with suction, now suction is with the sheet and you're using the 12 French. Now, uh, similarly, uh, you for a large stone, you can use a mini perk 18 French or 21 French, and then use a uh, shock pulse or a uh, uh, trilogy. And here, with a with a with a suction is very powerful in the tube. Uh, in trilogy, there is a high suction and low suction, but um, in in um, shock in a shock pulse there is a high and low. In trilogy, you can adjust the suction so you can break the stone and then in the moment suck out. It's a very powerful suction. So for a large stone, I use a shock pulse or a trilogy. And for a, a small stone, now majority of the stones are small and I use a, a, a 15 French or 18 French um, um, sheet with suction and 12 French telescope and the laser. And, uh, and I find, uh, I'm just going to publish the comparison between the uh, the, the 
Moses and Bethulia. So I think we have, after 40 years of working on different type of piscina, now we have come that you can miniaturize the sheath and you can have a high power laser and you can uh, uh, clear the stone and dust completely. And as a matter of fact, if you are a fan of flexible electroscopy, there are a couple of uh, instruments now getting available, like KVAC or something like that, where after fragmenting, you can pass through the sheath, go to the each calyx and suck out the small, small dust, and you can still have it. I think suction, um, either with PCNL or urotoscopy, is going to work to clear the stone. I've always taught my residents that um, anyone can break up the stone, but it takes a real, real master to remove all the stone fragments. And I think that's the, the technology that we really need to perfect is the stone clearance and the stone removal if we're really gonna make all of our patients stone free. Uh, I, I wanna just close on uh, maybe one topic that uh, is, is um, I don't think it's controversial. I just think it's, uh, it's interesting and I think uh, it's very popular and that is uh, prone versus supine. Do you do a mix of them? Do you, do you really just concentrate on one over the other or are there indications that would favor one approach over the other? I started with prone position because that was a standard at that time. And the um, uh, uh, thing was that we were worried about the colon and um, if you puncture and then because of the, uh, sometimes you have a retrocolic uh, kidney and then puncture becomes difficult. But um, I realized that uh, puncture was important. So I picked up the ultrasound much earlier. In 1986, I learned the ultrasound from Dr. Holmes in, 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 in Denmark. Um, and um, I've been using ultrasound. So, so that was not a big problem um, um, during the puncture. But then I had a one patient um, who had a, a pneumonectomy for a tuberculous uh, chest, and then he had a one lung, and the anesthetist said, mm, no, prone is uh, going to be difficult to do it. So we said, we'll do it under spinal. Uh, we did under uh, spinal, but we'll do under the supine position. And then we give a little tilt, like Valdir's position, give a little tilt, and then I with ultrasound, I puncture the calyx. Um, and then, uh, so I nowadays uh, do, um, uh, quite a bit of a supine PCNL. Uh, whenever I want to use uh, the combination uh, of PCNL and flexible urotoscopy for the stone, which is um, uh, in different calyx, or I want to do only one puncture because to reduce the bleeding. At the same time, I use a flexible urotoscope. My colleague uses it and he dusts the stone. But through the same PCNL track, I suck it out. And then even though he is using um, a, a, a pressure irrigation for a flexible rotoscopy. Because the suction I use in PCNL, there is no intravenous uh, pressure increase. So that reduces the infection rate or any other thing. So I find the supine position is excellent for a, a, a combination therapy or a large stone or a patient who has a, a pulmonary problem. Um, I find it in, in a patient with osteogenesis perfecta or who got an extreme scoliosis, I use supine position. I, it, for me, it doesn't matter. I think I'm very happy with both the sides. But if um, 
But if you ask me, because uh, your first love was a prone position, so I, I, I still use it, but I have no hesitation in doing the supine. I think both the positions are excellent. Yes, your enthusiasm is contagious. And uh, again, uh, I just want to add one more thing. That of course. To the, uh, the Miniper, um, we uh, designed a, a small flexi tip nephroscope. So you can, in case the stone migrates or there is another stone in the other carriage, you can use this, this um, uh, flexible uh, device, is uh, quite significant. Nowadays, you know. You have that technology in flexible erotoscopy also. And then you can go to each other calyx and then take out the stone. And another thing Mini Perk has allowed, I think, is a um, tubeless procedure. And I think that reduces the pain and the hospital stay. And I, I find that um, Mini Perk definitely has uh, advantage. I have not used the standard PCNL for last three to four years. And I'm using a mini perk even for the last leg on we use because we have a, a high energy um, which can be which can be used or any of this laser with uh, shock pulse or theology theology we can use it together and then um, we can speed up the thing. Bradley, uh, it has been wonderful. I'm always loved to talk about this now, and uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Dr. Desai, your, your uh, contributions to our field uh, are immeasurable. Uh, for that, we will always be grateful. Um, I appreciate your time this morning, and I think uh, the listeners uh, will uh, hopefully um, appreciate your, your thoughts and your insights on this topic. And so again, um, uh, we thank you. So on, on behalf of Richard Wolf Medical and the Endourological Society and the Journal of Endourology, I would like to thank Dr. Mahesh Desai for his contribution, and we welcome you uh, to come back again to listen to the 2021 podcast series uh, in the future. So thank you. Thank you, Brett.